pray. Lord, how true it is that we can sing to you tonight that you are able, and even those words, they just don't do justice to what you offer to us, Lord. Uh, You are such a great God in so many ways, and at this time when we come to be able to hear your word, again, Lord, please remove all the distractions from our lives, uh, things we're thinking about now or that we forgot to do today or something that we need to get to in, in a moment from now. And so in this time, Allow us to focus on meeting with you, Lord, to be able to hear about the greatest news that has ever been told, a God that was so able that he is able to save us from our sins. Uh, Give us forgiveness and give us freedom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So the the summer between my uh, senior year in high school and my freshman year in college, I spent the entire summer living on a houseboat. Uh, We had uh, this Christian camp that I had volunteered for that took place entirely in that ministry context. We'd have a different group of kids that would come on board, usually on Monday, and they would stay with us until Friday. And then on the weekends, we would clean the boats up and restock them, and then a new group of kids would come on. And so when the kids were with us, uh, we'd take them out and we'd teach them how to ski and how to wakeboard, uh, how to ride on an inner tube. We would uh, take them through uh, different times of prayer and worship. And it was a really great uh, both relational and faith-building opportunity for middle school and high school students. So this was in Northern California on the Sacramento River Delta, and there was this one area with all these different kind of fingers of water where this one little landmass was, this little island, that at some point somebody had brought out there a whole bunch of, of sheep, and they just dropped these sheep off there on this little island. And so they all ran around wild. And we used to take the kids there and kind of dock the boats up for a little while. It was a great place for the kids to kind of hike around at. Um, The girls would go out and they'd pick all these little wild berries off the the bushes and take them back to the boats and wash them off and eat them. The boys would just grab the the mud and just cover themselves head to toe in mud. Uh, But usually when we were there, we would see these sheep. Now these sheep Uh, were really skittish. They were super scared of anything. And so as soon as they saw you, they would start to run. But they wouldn't run just around the island or run till you couldn't find them anymore. They would actually run to the, the nearest bush and they would just ram their heads into the bush and hide their, their head in the bush. Because the sheep thought that if they could stick their head inside that bush and they couldn't see you, that you couldn't see them. But their gigantic body would still be hanging out of this bush. So keep that piece of image in your mind for a moment with me tonight. Because as we hear about this text, uh, this psalm from King David, he talks about us covering up our sin, that we attempt to be able to hide from God like he does not know what we are doing or what we have done. That when we commit sins, often we don't go to God and ask him to be able to forgive us. And it's silly. It's something that we just sang about. God, I know you are able that you can forgive me, but uh, I'm not going to ask you for forgiveness from this. Maybe we don't have time, maybe we feel guilty, maybe we're prideful, but sometimes we just don't go to God. 
but we need to. There's a, there's a calling for this. And this is what King David sings about in this psalm. Uh, look with me again at Psalm 32, the first two verses. Notice the word that he uses over and over again. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Again, blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and in whose spirit is no deceit. See, funny enough, covering up sin actually isn't always wrong. It's wrong when you and I attempt to do it, when we try to hide it from our friends or our spouse, our, our, our parents, our children. But when God covers up sin, it's very different. In fact, God doesn't just cover up our sin or just, just hide it or put it away. He eliminates it. He makes it completely disappear, completely go from having this burden upon us to, to nothing, to having freedom in him. And he does it all not for himself, but he does it for us, all through this, this perfect, unblemished lamb that we call Jesus, this courageous individual that goes to the cross and sheds his blood for us so that we can be, as David says, blessed. We are blessed because of what God has done for us, that he, he covers over our sin, that he takes it all upon himself. Think about how great that is. I know we, we, it's easy to say and we, we know it to be true, but do you understand the ramifications of that? That God takes all of our sins and he consumes them. So uh, here in the state of Arizona, uh, we have obviously traffic laws. Most of us here tonight are probably from Arizona. If not, the state you're from uh, has traffic laws too, I am sure. Uh, so in the state of Arizona, if you commit a moving violation, uh, you get points on your record, right? Uh, different amount of points. If you go through a stop sign, uh, make a right without uh, coming to a complete stop, it's two points. Uh, if you speed, it's uh, three points. If you uh, run away from the scene of an accident, it's six points. Uh, if you commit reckless driving, it's eight points. And all these points add up. And these points do something on our driving record. Uh, they, they increase our insurance. Uh, if you get too many points, you can lose your license. So tonight, pretend with me for a moment that you have gotten a ticket. Because nobody in here has ever gotten a ticket before, right? None of us? Perfect. So pretend with me tonight that you have received a ticket. Uh, you go down uh, to traffic school and you decided not to do it online. You're going to go in person. And you go down there. And as you go down to take traffic school, there's a table sitting there and a gentleman that's sitting at the table and he has a little sign that says, I will take your points. And you're waiting in line, you have nothing better to do. And so you ask him, you say, what is your sign there? I will take your points. And he says, well, uh, that's just it. The traffic points that you got on, on your record, I will put those on, on my record and I'll take them away from you. Well, great, you say. How much, how much does it cost? Nothing. It's, it's free. I will, I will take your points, and I will put them on my record. Your insurance won't go up. You will have no record of wrong anywhere within your past or within your future. Your record will be completely spotless. This is what God does for us, but not with something as simple as a, a traffic ticket or a violation that we make but with all the injustices that we commit, with all the transgressions, with all the sins that we make, God does that for us. 
The one individual that has no sin, he is completely sinless, takes all of these things upon himself so that our record can be spotless, so that our record can be completely clean. And this is why King David says, man, we are, we are blessed. We need to understand these, these things. When we know that we are blessed, we recognize the benefits that it has from confessing our sin to God or even to other people, maybe people we have sinned against. Because if you do not confess your sin, if you hold on to it, it, it does something to us. It has negative effects on our body. Look how King David puts it from Psalm 32, verse 3. He says, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. King David is recalling this time in which he tries to cover up his sin. He says he tried to to keep silent about it. And it's not like silent confession uh, that you and I do when we're actually going to God. It's those things that we do in silent to hide those elements from the Lord or from others. That we are silently, basically sinning and not confessing to God. What happens in those times of, of silence when we're not communicating with God? Are those really our best times? I uh, bought this little cute puppy for my wife and daughter uh, two Christmases ago. And he's grown bigger now, and he's now this, this sneaky little teenager that we have running around the house. Uh, so he's, he's super heavy, but he's really small. Uh, he looks and feels just like a cannonball, but he has this really uncanny ability to be able to jump like super high, I mean like really high, and he can land really soft like a cat. I, I wanted, I tried to take a video of it tonight, but in the video I'm yelling at him for doing it, so I didn't want to show it. Uh, so it, it's funny and aggravating all at the same time, but our dog only likes to do two things mainly. He likes to eat and he likes to sleep. That's it. He likes to eat and he likes to sleep, and he's super quiet. He doesn't bark. He doesn't whine. He doesn't make any noise ever, uh, which is fine sometimes. Other times, it's, it's not. When I'm at home doing work, uh, same thing. If my wife's doing work, he'll go over and he'll, he'll sit in his little bed and he'll just go to sleep. But every once in a while, I get into my work and all of a sudden, I look over and he's not there. And I know if he's not there and I can't hear him, uh, something bad is, is happening in the sense, right? It's like having this kid in the house. You know if you can't hear something, then there is a problem. So he loves to jump up on things. He loves to jump up on our dining room table, and he'll, if you have flowers out there, he'll eat all the flowers. He likes to jump up on Kyrie's bed, and if he jumps up on her bed and she has chapstick on her bookshelf, he'll eat all her chapsticks. It doesn't matter if there's eight of them. He likes to jump on Rachel's desk. And his favorite thing to eat up there is all her highlighters. I don't know why. Because he will eat anything. But he's always quiet when he does it. I know there's a problem if he's being silent. And I have to go around the house and I have to make sure if I close the doors or I left them open. Because he's getting into trouble. He's not there being able to just rest and take it easy. And sometimes uh, the way we interact with the Lord is the same. Uh, We pretend... Or think for a moment that God cannot see us at all times and at all places. 
And so we think we can hide our sin from him, especially when we're alone on our own or maybe outside of church or, or outside of our home or outside of the normal area of where we feel comfortable. But we feel comfortable in those areas being able to, to do other things, to dig into things, to consume things that are, that are not good for us, but we do it anyway. It's like my dog, he knows after a while that it's not good for him to eat these things. He feels bad about it. We have, we have repercussions, but we need to be able to go to God and, and confess those things. And David says, do that. Allow that blessing to come into your life of being able to know what confession is. Share things with, with a fellow brother and sister in Christ, something that you're, you're struggling with. It doesn't have to be with me. It can be with, with anybody that you are comfortable with. Start with sharing the things with God that you need to be able to get off your chest, the sins that you've committed. He's going to listen better than anybody else. He's not going to judge you for those things. In fact, he says, bring them to me. What I want to do is be able to offer you forgiveness. Let me take it away. Do you ever feel that, that heavy heart that God gives us to be able to know that we have done something wrong, to be able to know that we need to confess? David says in Psalm uh, 32, verse 4, he says, For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of the summer. You know what that feels like. I, I saw a few of you walking in the door just now. You're like, oh, man, we had such a nice May, such a nice June. We almost made it all the way through June, and all of a sudden it's here. I just feel it. You get out of your car, it's just, it just it saps you right away. You feel that heaviness of the heat beating down upon you. And that's what David says. He says, do you ever feel that, that hand of God beating down upon you? Maybe giving a little heat to you. It's not a bad thing. It's a, it's a good thing. It's something that he puts in our heart. It's something that he puts in our, our mind, knowing right from wrong. And it's something that he puts in his word. And he shares with us, even in a moment like this, in a sermon, to be able to think, what am I holding back from God? What are the things that I am doing that, that aren't right? Or the things that I'm not doing that I should be doing? Think about these things. Because if, if we don't think about this law that God puts down upon us and how we need to confess, we have no need for a savior. Without knowing that you are actually a sinner, without knowing that you are, are busted, you have no need for God in any way. But when we know that, we know that we need our Lord and our savior. But we still go out there and try to get all these things from the world because we, we just, we can't help ourselves. We want to be able to hold on to them. My wife was visiting her uh, grandpa at one time in Columbus, Indiana. She was about seven years old. And just like any good grandparent, uh, grandpa always gave her a lot of candy when she came over. And so the, her family had been there for a while. And after uh, it was time for them to be able to pack up their stuff and leave, uh, all my wife could think about is getting some treats for the road, about being able to get some more candy from Grandpa to be able to take with her. But she knew her parents were not going to let her have any, so she came up with this, this plan. She uh, was wearing a pair of overalls, and so she decided that if she put you know, one arm kind of right below the bib, she could take the other hand and just fill the overalls with, with candy. 
So she started filling them and filling it until it packed up. She said it must have looked like a chipmunk's cheeks with all the candy she had in there. And then she took the other hand and just folded it over like she had her arms crossed because there's nothing conspicuous about a little seven-year-old girl just walking around all day with their arms crossed. And time came to be able to go out to the car for the family to leave. And she came out and uh, her mom saw her right away. Her mom saw that something wasn't right and said, Rachel, uh, will you uncross your arms? And she uncrossed her arms. And what do you know it? Like a human pinata, candy, just all over the place, coming out everywhere. She was, she was busted. She had gotten, gotten caught. And all she could think about was having all those little sweet treats right there, to be able to cover those up, to be able to hide them, to be able to make them, make them her own. And all of us have a story like that. But even as adults, sometimes we do too. We just see things in this world, and we know that they're not right for us. We know we shouldn't be taking them or latching on to them, and we do it little by little. And we hold it closer and closer to our chest. We don't want anybody to know that I do this, that I have thought that, that I have said this, that I have typed that. And we clothe them over, hoping that if we can just keep them here, that one day we will be able to own these things and really they end up owning us. But we do it over and over and over again. And don't sit there tonight and think that we don't have that in our life, that we don't need to confess because we do. Did you hear it in that reading from 1 John tonight? It tells us that all of us are sinners. Review just those first couple verses with me again from 1 John uh, chapter 1, verses 8 through 9. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. Not people around you, not God, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You see, God loves us too much to allow us to remain in our sin. He didn't have to kick Adam and Eve out of the garden in the very beginning in the book of Genesis after they sinned. He could have left them there to live a life in sin forever. But instead, he kicks them out of the garden and allows them and us to be able to go through and and suffer this penalty of death that one day we will face. But he gives us something that's so much better. He gives us eternal life in his son because that's how much he loves us that's how much he cares for us that God has the power to forgive and will we just go to him I really hope tonight that in hearing these words God's Holy Spirit makes our heart just a little bit more tender to be able to be open to him and to his word let's look at this final verse from Psalm 32 verse 5 This is David writing about acknowledging his sin. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and and did not cover it up my, my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. You can almost hear the excitement in David's voice when he's saying, I did it, Lord. I acknowledged my sin to you. I did not cover them up. I did not hide them for you. And what happened? Look at this uh, little succession of uh, excellence that happens there. I confessed, you forgave. There it is, right there. This, this formula that David gives to us. We confess, 
and God forgives. Not, not we confess and God looks at us differently. Not we confess and God judges us for that. We confess and God forgives. He takes all those points on his own record. He wipes our slate clean. You know, God doesn't want us to stop crossing our arms in, in sin and let things spill out so that we can be embarrassed of the sins that we've committed. We're all on the same playing field, every one of us. I am no different than, than you, that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that all of us cannot deny that we are sinners or we're only deceiving ourselves. God wants us to be able to open up so that we can be able to truly experience who he is and what he has done in our lives. Stop holding that sin so close to the chest and start opening up your arms because that's exactly what our Lord does for us. He wants to just embrace us, to be able to love us, to be able to show the power that he truly has. So tonight, uh, we'll take some time when we go to our prayers to be able to do that. Start to think about that already. What are the things that I can confess to God tonight to put this into practice already? Because I want you to walk out those doors tonight and I want you to be like, I'm, I'm free. I'm, I'm blessed. I'm loved. This heavy hand that was beating down upon me, it doesn't exist anymore because I have this freedom in the Lord. Start to think about that now. Let's go to our Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, again, thank you for this time to be able to meet here with you tonight. Uh, and as we take uh, some time just to be able to contemplate your words, uh, start using your spirit to work on us and think about uh, the things that we have to be able to look at that we can give over to you, uh, those burdens that we need to be able to lay at your feet so that we become this free people, not only for ourselves, but so that we can share this gift with others. Uh, what a wonderful message that you have given to us in your son, Lord, and please allow us to be able to continue to share this with others. In Jesus' holy and precious name, we lift this to you tonight. Amen.